So here are the titles I was thinking for this episode. Goddamn Electric Ben. <laughs> Blank Folds. Ben Mass. And this is my favorite, I think. The Folds of Troy. <laughs> oh. I, nice. I like imagine <laughs> like uh, just a bunch of small people and a fat guy <laughs> named Troy just yeah. trying to like yeah. perverse his fat rolls. The, the folds, folds of Troy. Troy. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Protect the folds of Troy. Yeah. Prevent the folds of Troy. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> Prevent. I like that. Get this man on a diet. <laughs> Stat. All right. Welcome to Shuffle, episode 11. Please make sure that you listen to the five songs that are discussed in this week's episode. There will be links to Spotify and YouTube playlists in the description for this episode so you can listen to them. Today, I am sitting here yet again with the perpetual special guest, Dominic Manthe. Hello, Jared. Ooh, it's like sultry NPR voice. Ooh. Ooh, I see that popping up on the little audio feed. Yeah. It's looking huge. It's looking pretty, pretty huge. I made it, Mom. I'm big time now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's to you, Mom. <laughs> this episode is dedicated to D.D. Manthe. <laughs> D.D. Shout out to D.D. Mom on my end. Also, never met you, so <laughs> nice to meet you. He's a good. He's a, he's a good guy. Don't worry, Mom. I'm Thanks. in good hands on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dominic. <laughs> That's the best compliment I've ever received. Okay. I guess with that, I can announce that we have successfully gone 11 episodes without an ICP incident. It's uncanny, man. It is. Where it, are the clowns at? It feels like we're due for one at a time now. <laughs> It's going to be five ICP songs. Send in the clowns. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. five. Karma, karma's like, you asked for it. It's just five of the same one. That would be really crazy. Ooh. And, and then a like sixth the, one the just starts one. playing. So it's oh, fucking six, And it just man. never ends. And it's just this hell of <laughs> the same ICP song for eternity. And we just have to, we're forced to just talk about it. We were at nausea. We record a podcast, but every time we play it, it just is an ICP song playing. Inexplicably. <laughs> we can't figure it out and like just like the faintest <laughs> hint of our voices but instead of us it's instead of it being us talking about it, it's just us like screaming and crying Help. faintly Help. in the background <laughs> but oh, our man. voices can't like can't make out the words because we're just gurgling blood for some reason dude that could be our avant-garde podcast right there dang so with that we can segue into everybody's <laughs> favorite news segment ICP News Corner. Ooh. I learned that Violent J, one half of the duo, will be embarking on his first ever solo tour this March to help raise funds for the St. John's Children's Hospital of Illinois. So I hope you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. man. Shit, why do you have to go and do that? No, I, no, I feel like a jerk. I think I said this on the episode that Maddie's brother was on Max. It's like... The more I'm looking into these guys, the more that they're actually kind of, they're, they're good guys and they, they mean no harm. And they're like, they, the amount of time I'm spending looking into them is humanizing them. See, and that's why you never get to know anyone well, because it's so much easier to be mean to them. Yeah. Right? That'll teach me. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. 
I will never look into somebody <laughs> ever again. Okay, moving into other music news, and oh boy, do we have a lot of it because it's been a while since yeah. we've been able to talk about music news. So I'll just gloss over this, but a bunch of bands are either putting out new music, getting back together, or are going on tours. Today it was announced that Modest Mouse and Brand New are going to be touring together at the drive-in. Uh, famous first wave emo band, post-hardcore band, are reuniting, putting out a new album and touring. Mm. LCD Sound System is reuniting, putting yeah. out a new album and touring. Guns N' Roses are touring. Radiohead allegedly has new music out and is going to be doing shows. Kanye West's new album Swish is coming out soon. Swish. And apparently David Bowie has set up numerous anthology albums to be released over the next 50 years or so. So we can expect Bowie releases until we're probably dead also. That's how you create a legacy, man. Yeah. Oh, and there is one other maybe breaking news. I just read this right before I came over here. Is that Vampire Weekend? The one of the main members, whose name is Rostam. Rostam. He left. He quit the band. Rostam Batmanji. You got it's it. Like Batman. He's got Batman. Yeah, in it. that's very cool. But he quit. Yeah, and I heard that he was like one of the main sources of Vampire Weekend's unique sound. Yeah, yeah. He did a lot of the electric and like guitar tinkering and backup vocals. Yes. And he right. said that him and Ezra, the lead singer of Vampire Weekend, will continue to collaborate, but not just with Vampire Weekend. So yeah. no one really knows what this means for Vampire Weekend, except uh, that... Can't like, wait to listen to all the great music he's going to make solo for the rest of his life. <laughs> can't wait. Thanks, buddy. That's what I was looking for. He did Most it. of the stuff he, I like. He did it just for just you. you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Kud- Kudos, Batman. <laughs> Other music news. Uh, one of Dominic's favorites, Pearl Jam, oh, yeah. has donated $300,000 to the city of Flint, Michigan to help with their water crisis. Wow. Are you aware with the water crisis in Flint, yeah, Michigan? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. That's, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, for the past two years, citizens of Flint, Michigan have been exposed to toxic levels of lead from corrosive drinking water. The mayor of Flint recently just declared a state of emergency due to how bad it is. And yeah, Pearl Jam donated a bunch of money basically said use this to A, buy everyone safe drinking water and then whatever you have left over, fix the problem. Yeah. I don't yeah. Are they from Flint, Michigan or? They're from Seattle. They're one oh, of the okay. big Seattle bands. Oh, grunge. Yeah, yeah. Duh. Come on, okay. man. Well, You're wearing flannel right now, bro. You don't know? I better take it <laughs> off. No, but that's... I think Eddie Vedder, he's had a pretty long like streak of trying to do like a celebrity activism. Sure. Well, one. But that's... Yeah, well that's done. Cool. Yeah, that's very well done. Now, going from some really good guys to the bottom of the worst <laughs> slimy guys, our friend Martin Shkreli... More Shkreli news? More news on the Shkreli feed? He is allegedly dropping a mixtape tomorrow. <laughs> no way. Last week, he tweeted, I may or may not be dropping a mixtape next Wednesday, as in tomorrow. Wow. So, wow. we can look forward to that, <laughs> I guess. And I, 
Other news, Obama declared that Kendrick Lamar is a better rapper than Drake. Stating the obvious, but well yes. done. So recently Kendrick stopped by the White House, <laughs> hung out with Obama. There's a video about it. And Obama told Kendrick that How Much a Dollar Cost is his favorite song in 2015. Later on, in a Q&A hosted by YouTube Today, which is like a YouTube news channel, he was asked whether he preferred Drake or Kendrick. And Obama said, quote, Gotta go with Kendrick. I'm just saying. I think Drake is an outstanding entertainer, but Kendrick, his lyrics, his last album was outstanding. Best album, I think, of last year. So it is officially decreed (laughs) Kendrick is a better rapper than in all of the land. Drake. So do you, are you familiar with a rapper who goes by the name B.O.B.? Yeah. Have you have you heard about this at all? Yeah, it was just today. I literally tried to read the, what you're about to talk about. I tried to read it all, and I literally, it was prefaced. It's going to be hard to read through all of this. And I was like, I can do it, and I literally couldn't do it. It was so much, and it was so bad shit. Yep. That's how I got to preface it. It's more crazy than you can even describe. So... <laughs> The the rapper B.O.B., who, honestly, I haven't heard about in, like, five or six years. Yeah, same. Like, a while ago, he came out with a song called Airplanes that featured Haley from Paramore singing on it. And I I really forgot he existed until now. So He's been busy. (laughs) Just recently, he took to Twitter claiming that the earth was flat. And everyone started being like, you got to be kidding. (laughs) And he just kept coming back and coming back. Nope, the earth is flat. The earth is flat. The earth is flat. Tons of visual evidence. Yes. Pictures, (laughs) graphs, photos. He's probably wearing a tinfoil hat while he was posting them. So our friend and science savior, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Mm -hmm. the famous media astrophysicist, jumped in. And started responding to every single argument that B.O.B. was making <laughs> with cold, hard, factual science on how he was wrong. Yeah. Now, today, B.O.B. dropped a new track on his SoundCloud, oh, which is titled God. Flatline, yeah. in which he calls out Tyson and literally samples <laughs> parts of Tyson's lectures that he's given and, like, responds to them in the rap. Jesus. He also tells listeners to read famous Holocaust denier David Irving and references several other conspiracy theories. And he's quoted saying Stalin was way worse than Hitler. Jesus Christ. Now, this gets even weirder (laughs) because this isn't the first ex, like I shouldn't say ex, but celebrity who's maybe fallen out of fame who recently came back into the limelight because of claiming the earth is flat and being a holocaust denier Hmm. do you remember tila tequila oh yeah i thought you know that was in the back of my mind i was like isn't this vaguely familiar yeah so just like two weeks ago she was all over the news because she started like talking about how the earth is flat and actually according i was she's not only a holocaust denier but she is a hitler supporter which is the stance that she took wow we can all remember Tila Tequila from her famous MySpace days and her 
sympathize. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> My girlfriend just corrected me. He is a Holocaust sympathizer. She is a Holocaust sympathizer. No. Also, oh, not even a denier. No. Wow, she, that is She supports the Nazi regimen and oh everything that they stood for. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard anyone publicly on the record say that in my life. She used to have <laughs> a dating show on MTV or VH1, and it was famous for the fact that it was one of the first, like, bachelor-esque shows that featured both men and women competing for her love yeah and actually going back to icp <laughs> she was also famously known for opening for icp at a gathering of the juggles one year but they started throwing glass bottles at her and knocked her unconscious and she like got like not even one song into the set and they just hated her so much that they had to pull her off stage wow that's cold that's some cold clown law right there laid down yep so that's that's bob wow and now we can finally wrap up news checking in with our good old buddy and pal wes scantlin of puddle of mud what who made it nine days into the year of 2016 before getting arrested <laughs> his previous best was 2015 when he made it 20 days into the new year before getting arrested for drunkenly riding around in an airport baggage carousel. This year, following a December 26, 2015 arrest for drug possession, huh. Scantlin was arrested again on January 9th, 2016 for breaking into his former house that he lost in foreclosure last year. He smashed the window with a hatchet to get inside, at which he then proceeded to trash all of his old audio equipment surveillance mm. cameras and alarm equipment the there's a video online that tmz posted that someone took with their cell phone of the cops taking him out of his house and him just saying come on man this is my house i can do what i want it's my house oh my god you know it's the oldest story these what well, you got van gogh right mozart these geniuses they struggle you know they they're on such a high plane they create this stuff that gets us so close to the deep truth. They can't live in this world. You know what I mean? They were not Cut them some slack. Yeah, exactly, man. He's just trying to deal with being around us mortal <laughs> beings. Damn, man. Yeah. I feel for him. Feel for him. Hashtag <laughs> feels for Wes Scantlin. <laughs> so uh, what have you been listening to lately? Well, yeah. It's been a while since you've asked, man. So I've been just churning through just some of the B-sides and, you know, backlogs and outtakes of wings. That, you know, the outtakes, the mistakes are even better than, than the right versions, you know. You know, some might argue honest. that the whole discography is a mistake. <laughs> hey, hey, no joking about wings. I'm right. sorry. Did you but make there's something so distinct about Paul McCartney that even when he's bad, I, I like him. All right. Even when he's bad, I like him. You know what I mean? Uh, but what I've really been listening to, Australian indie singer-songwriter, I kept seeing her name, Courtney Barnett, on many like end-of-year bests. And I was like, who the hell is this? In her album, sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit, which sounds like it could be Paul McCartney's memoir, maybe. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I've I been know, listening to her. I know this. She, um, 
Is she the one that says like, "You can't see me, can't see yes. you"? Okay, yep. I've heard her yep. on the radio. Yep. I've yep. always meant I like that song a lot. And I meant to check her out. That's her. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Album. I thought she was British. She sounds kind of British when she sings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Australian makes sense. Australian. Yeah. No. And yeah. Excellent. Excellent album. It's very like witty and sarcastic, but very down to earth. Someone compared her to like John Prine. And I think that's pretty fair. John Prine, excellent songwriter, very tongue-in-cheek, but like not pretentious at all. And very great kind of sense of melody. Yeah, she's good. That's a great album. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, because yeah, I did like that song. What's her name? Courtney Barnett. Courtney Barnett. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to two very different albums <laughs> on the spectrum. I'll start with one the more accessible one i've been a diehard panic at the disco fan oh, since yeah. high school and a lot of people might not even realize they're still together <laughs> I did but not. they are wow and actually so as this is actually their fifth lp they've put out it's called the death of a bachelor <laughs> and as <laughs> the albums have been coming out more and more band members have been leaving the band so now it is essentially a solo project of lead singer brendan yuri oh. so this is the huh. first album it i mean it's technically still under the panic at the disco moniker but it's hmm. entirely him there's no other he's Creative the sole force. musician wow. wow it's really good it's actually the first panic album to hit number one on the billboard charts what wow yeah. i didn't even and then you know wow. they kind of were born near the end of that kind of emo era starting of the scene era yeah yeah his music is evolved a lot it's a lot poppier and dancier and actually this album is highly frank sinatra crooner inspired wow now if you're going into it expecting crooner songs (laughs) it's not crooner songs but you can kind of tell the lyrical content this the delivery of the vocals is Mm. kind of inspired by frank at least yeah so, I don't know, it's it's a lot different than this other album I've been listening to, <laughs> which I'll get to in a second, but it's just, I like it, it's nice, it's catchy, and I'm just, I'm always curious, they put out really catchy music. Yeah. So this yeah. other album I've been listening to, <laughs> actually, Maddie's brother Max, shout out to Max, I know you're listening. What up, Max? Recommended this album to me after I was trying to describe to him one of one oh tricks point never uh, and as, as i was describing it to him he's like oh have you ever heard of arca i was like no uh, uh. i haven't after he told me about this and i saw the album cover for this album i did see this picture on some of like the 2015 lists so the album is called mutant by arca he's a brazilian electronic music producer hmm. and this album mutant is like a monolith of an album yeah it, it's like One O Tricks, but less accessible. And that's <laughs> oh, saying a lot. It wow. is, it is abstract as fuck. <laughs> like there are some of like the most beautifully soundscapey ambient pieces that all of a sudden just delve into like the most horrible white noise, demonic, hellish sounds I've ever heard before. Wow. And this, this album is it's like thirty tracks long. It's almost two hours in length. It's it's a lot. Damn. Wait, what's the name of the album? Mutant. Mutant. 
and it's A R C A Arca. Yeah, I've which seen is the name, which is weird. As Max was telling me that he got pretty popular because he did a lot of like he got famous doing production for people like i guess he was on kanye's yeezus album a lot of really big Mm, names he mm. produced so people were kind of expecting this electronic dance music hip-hop inspired and then he came out with this extremely (laughs) abstract experimental noise monstrosity yeah it's very interesting there's some really good tracks on it. I think it's worth listening to just for the experience, but yeah, you really yeah. have to like <laughs> it will punish your brain yeah, while you're listening yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, that kind of musical experience yeah. right on. Huh. All right. Well, I guess with that, we can move into our first track. All right. Which is Crossfire by Goddamn Electric Bill off the 2008 album Topics for Gossip. Goddamn Electric Bill is a project of a man named Jason Tobert. He's an American musician. He's the sole member of the Goddamn Electric Bill project. And he is from Davis, California. He describes his music as a blend of ambient, electronic, folktronica, and post-rock. Though I would say all of his music pretty much falls under the blanket term of folktronica, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you can guess what it means, but it's a genre of music comprising or various elements of folk music and electronica. It often features samplings of acoustic instruments, especially stringed, and mm. incorporates hip-hop and dance rhythms into it. And basically you add some unplugged as he says he was asked what do you define folktronica as he said quote add some unplugged instruments to the keyboards and bam (laughs) that's about it so interesting name goddamn electric bill yeah actually i gotta say this was one of every time i see a song and band i haven't recognized i try to guess What's the artist? What's the album? And this is, or what's the artist? What's the song? So, what was your guess? I guess the band was Crossfire, and I was very surprised that the name of the band is Goddamn Electric. Bill. It is. Okay. So, <laughs> this is according to him the origin of the name. He says it wasn't a well thought out decision, and in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have named the project that. I was just <laughs> brainstorming funny band names with a friend. Most had expletives. Seemed to be the nature of the name in quest. I thought of way too many phrases that contain expletives and then moved on to phrases like, ouch my toe, and use a turn signal. And he, <laughs> oh he settled on goddamn electric bill. Uh. So I, I can't, I didn't find out too much about this guy. He, he's kind of a smaller artist what i did find is he's very similar to this other artist who kind of falls under the same wheelhouse as him that i listen to a lot a guy named keith kniff he uh records under multiple monikers there's helios which is probably his biggest one there's Goldmund, there's Mint Julep, which he does with his wife. They're both these kind of guys who dabble in ambient electronic music, and they are just straight-up working musicians. Mm. 
Yeah. They try to put out as m- much music as they possibly can, and the their music appears in everything. Like they're a working musician in that their focus is getting music in commercials and documentaries oh, on ads. Okay, that like, makes sense. They yeah. they, yeah, they yeah. make songs for a living. As well mm-hmm. as making their own music, mm-hmm. they try to sell it as much yeah. as they can. Working man. Exactly. He's like yeah. a blue collar musician. Yeah. No, I, I now, don't fault him for that. I can't exactly remember how I found this guy. I think he actually found me. <laughs> so uh, none of this is yet to pop up on a playlist, but back in my high school and early college years, I had a electronic music project called Wixen. Yeah. So I had a MySpace page for my shitty electronic music that we might talk about someday. <laughs> and just basically for like social networking, electronic artists would just add me as friends. And right. I think that's how I found him. Okay. He's a really awesome dude. Like nicest guy oh. ever. Nice. Every time I've bought something from him, he's written me a handwritten thank you card. And then, like, as well as, like, the album I bought, he'll give me, like, a bunch of postcards and buttons and stickers for free. Wow. And this one time, which has, like, solidified his awesomeness, <laughs> he has a B-Sides and Rarities album called Quiver, which actually features a cover of the Twin Peaks theme that he did. Damn. Damn. And I had a couple tracks of that back when MySpace used to let you download tracks off people's sites. And I saw he had a whole collection of these rarities. And I noticed on his Bandcamp, you could only stream it off of the Bandcamp. There wasn't like a, you couldn't download it for purchase because he didn't have the right to do a lot of those covers. Uh, So he couldn't sell it. So like I sent him this email saying, hey, look, I'm not gonna like sue you or anything. Is there any way I can buy this album from you? He's like, nah, man, just give me your address. And he just mailed me the CD for free. Like he actually had wow. a printed CD of it and he just sent it to me for free. Wow. Wrote a handwritten thank you postcard saying, thanks for having interest in my music. Like, damn. He's just a great guy. Wow. Great I cannot guy. think of any other musician story, musician and fan story like that. Ever. Yeah. That's so. Amazing. I will, every time he puts out a new album, I will buy it just because I want to support this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this album, Topics for Gossip, was released on 99X slash 10 Records, which I found out is owned by the main keyboardist of The Cure, Roger O'Donnell. Hmm. So other than that, I, I couldn't find out that much about him. So what did you think of Crossfire? I thought it was a good song. I thought it was pretty kind of contemplative song you know and then you know i didn't think there was a ton to it but but i liked it it was a pretty song it was kind of seemed like a song that could be on a commercial i gotta be honest you said it and i was like that's it because in my notes i was like it's kind of like a it's like a relaxation music or it's a one note song it tries to hit a feeling gets it sustains it and it's over. Yeah, and yeah. it does feel like it's maybe missing something. Like, I really like this song, but like a visual aspect would add a lot to it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. It's yes, yeah. it's a somber song, 
I do like how it kind of gradually grows in complexity as the song goes yeah. on. Like, yeah. every time it loops, another layer gets added to it. Yeah, there's like an eth- ethereal kind of like horns whispering in there. Yeah, there's, yeah it makes it. A yeah, there's almost like a, a hint of a voice I heard in yeah. the way back of it. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean. Wait, so I gotta ask a technical question. And this might be be totally absurd to do live on the air because we're always live not not edited but the last like two minutes to like 90 seconds of this song are is like a is like a long fade out right yeah it's a very long okay fade out. it's a very long fade out i wasn't sure if it was just like me listening to it on my headphones or what but but that fade out it's very very quiet for very very long right like i had to literally crank up the volume but when i did crank it up i was like that's the missing sound because it was a weird like jazzy kind of like almost like slightly like dissonant or the blue notes i mean it was like a weird kind of jazzy sound in the back and i was like that should have been like louder and like in the middle of the song and i would have been like wow but why was it so quiet I, I don't know. Do I, I have no idea. I'm going to write him a letter and ask. You should. Because I love that part. He will I, probably respond to you. <laughs> For I real. guarantee it. Because I loved it. I loved that last part of it. Too quiet. Yeah. Turn it up. Yeah. Get in the studio. Turn up the volume, buddy. Come on. What's the Cure guy doing there? Isn't he producing this? Come on. <laughs> you fucked up, Roger O'Donnell. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the song kind of invokes this as cliched as it is this like sense of staring out a window on a rainy day yeah. you know kind of yeah. feeling a sense of loss it's a beautiful little moment it's a small moment it's just kind of like passing yeah it's like us looking out the window and sighing briefly and then going on with your day yeah that's the other thing i gotta give this song is just like you said it kind of it, it's kind of got the feels to it but it's not like sentimental. It's not overly like gushy or sentimental. It is like a kind of subtle. You yeah. know what I mean? And that uh, I respect. I do respect that. I have no idea why the hell it's called Crossfire. What in the <laughs> Why is it called Crossfire? Yeah. Crossfire? <laughs> oh, I guess unless it's like lamenting someone who died being caught in crossfire. I, I, I don't know. Or a cross on fire. That's pretty <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty black metal. <laughs> Six six six. <laughs> I don't know. This is like this song right here is the quintessential song that sad high school Jerry. <laughs> he would he would find so much meaning in this song. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's very nice. Totally it's that. very somber. Yeah, but it kind of like leaves you feeling a little empty. I think. Yeah, it hits like you know it hits that register, and then it just sustains it for a little bit longer than it has to, especially with that end outro. He's got more tricks up his sleeve, but I liked it. It was honestly, if I were to pick a goddamn Electric Bill song to show someone who's never heard him before, this probably wouldn't have been it. He has really awesome songs. Not to knock this song down, but it's like, he has a lot more complex, thoughtful, catchy songs in this. That like mix electronic. 
too with the yes yeah yeah, yeah that's what he's very guess. into right. like that electronic folk mix nice. nice this song almost feels like maybe like he was fucking around in the studio and it accidentally turned into something that's what i feel like yeah. usually there's yeah. a, a slightly higher level of complexity and thoughtfulness in his music yeah not to knock the song down but it did just kind of feel like he was missing something yeah and i mean if he's a working musician he doesn't have the luxury no. of like waiting four years to percolate and then come out with yeah it. he's yeah, not so kanye he's <laughs> yeah exactly but which is a good thing yeah thank god <laughs> But no, it was it was good. He clearly, like, he's a good musician. Yeah. That was clear in listening to the song. I guess with that, we can move on to our next song, unless you have anything else. No. No, no. All right. So our next song is Protection by Ben Folds off yeah. his 2003 EP, Speed Graphic. Mm-hmm. Ben Folds is an alt-rock power pop, piano rock American, singer-songwriter and producer from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. As well as his solo work, he is known for being the frontman of the alt-rock trio Ben Folds 5. He's collaborated with the likes of William Shatner, <laughs> Regina Spector, Weird Al, Nick Hornby, Pomplamoose, Neil Gaiman, Henry Rollins, Tim and Eric, yeah, and that's right, Palmer. He's also contributed or contributed music to the animated films Over the Edge and Hoodwinked. Uh, he's also a member of the All Ben supergroup known as the Bens, consisting of Ben Folds, Ben Queller, and Ben Lee. What which, about like Ben Stubbard? Can they get that guy? Come on. <laughs> I, I'm just impressed that there's an All Ben supergroup <laughs> yeah, to begin good. with. I shouldn't complain. It's pretty rare. Folds taught himself to play piano at the age of nine by listening to Elton John and Billy Joel on his AM radio and trying to mm. play along with it, which I thought's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I also found out our other favorite dude, Jonathan Davis of Corn, has been quoted <laughs> saying, "All we want to do is bring heavy back into rock and roll because goddamn Ben Fold Five sucks." <laughs> so. Corn's inspiration for existing, besides taking down the Illuminati and Obama, <laughs> who's a pre- who was a puppet of the Illuminati, is to counteract the horrible ben music Folds. of Ben Folds Five. Uh. I also learned that Ben Folds is one of the judges on the NBC program The Sing Off, which is really know, like The Voice yeah. or American Idol. But if Ben Folds is on it. It probably has a little more to offer than those other shows. That dude must really need money or like money. Why the hell would he do that? I don't know. Ben. I've never seen it. Jeez. Jeez. Come on. So this EP, Speed Graphic, marked the first of a three EP series that Fold would would release between his first solo LP, Rock in the Suburbs, and his second, Songs for Silverman. Hmm. Hmm. This song, Protection was co-written by his first ex-wife before, Anna Goodman, whom wow. he actually met in the first grade and then proceeded to marry three other women, which he also divorced. Wow. So when Ben wow. Fold sings about how he's bad at relationships, he really means he's bad at relationships. This uh, song was co-written by his wife at the time. Yes. That is Whom... Wow. 
Wow. He met. Okay. Yeah, and actually, he sheds a little light on the break. So the this song <laughs> apparently was like a rarity floating around in bootleg form prior yeah. to it being solidified with a studio recording mm-hmm. on this EP. Mm-hmm. So this song appears to be about someone going into a relationship with the intent of it to fail and putting up emotional barriers from the get-go as to protect themselves. Rather than actually disliking the person, the narrator seems as if they were trying to convince themselves that they don't like the person due to prior relationships gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, according to Pitchfork, a uh, Pitchfork review of the CP, the drumming and bass are the only saving graces on this album. Hmm. So yeah, <laughs> what did uh, what did you think of Protection? I gotta say, in light of the news that this was co-written by his now ex-wife, which makes total sense, I don't even know what to make of it. I thought that the lyrics were very disturbing. I gotta be honest. These are if I were a parent and my kids had kind of listened to this song and I just said the lyrics. I would say, I don't think so. They're very bad. He sounds like a very bad human. He's just a simply bad <laughs> human. Bad human. He's just a bad man. He's doing things that humans aren't supposed to do. You shouldn't just don't be like that. But I will admit the uh, the bass and the and the drums were very good. And the piano was pretty good too. But the lyrics I thought were kind of disturbing. A little bit too revealing into Ben Folds. He's being too open for you. A little bit. Or, or, if I can get a little Freudian here. Who is he trying to protect himself against? Uh, By the end, I thought maybe it was the fans. He was too afraid. Too afraid to really be serious and make a song. This song seemed like a joke. I, no, no, I I just, (laughs) I'm so curious because some of the music... I have subjected you to on this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Such as, like, (laughs) Lactating Blood by Mutilated. Yeah. This is the first time you have admitted to being disturbed by lyrics. Yeah. It's got it. I'll tell you how I reach that. When I interpret a song, it depends on a lot of variables. One, is it lyric heavy? And can you hear the lyrics? If yes... And I read a lot into the lyrics. Which, yes, yes. And a lot of those songs, a lot of those other songs, maybe they didn't seem like they were trying to be like, really deeply interpret the words. And the genre. Genre for a lot of those big metal bands, it seems like the lyrics aren't even, it doesn't even matter so much what they're saying. It's all just force and power. But this, the genre, is like jazzy white dude piano. Well, and you know, okay, so like with the sound of metal music, you expect the disturbing yeah, things. You're yeah, kind exactly. Of, you're caught off guard This by is this. such a deviation lyrically from what one would expect that it, I was very caught off guard. He sounds like a total prick. He sounds like a humongous douchebag in the song. I'm sorry, Ben. I generally, I mean, I've heard some Binful songs that I like. Tim and Eric were in them, so I gotta give you that. But this song, this song, what does he say? Let me just give you a few of the highlights. Can I just give you a few of the highlights here? He says, I, so, okay, I guess I'll protect myself from you, okay? Strip down, the song gets quiet, right? And he's saying that. And the second he says, I just have to remember I'm free to walk. 
and then the music gets all energized again. So this is the great thing about being in a relationship, is that he remembers that he doesn't have to commit to anything. Okay, that's kind of douchey, but it's not super bad. But he even says, I just need a little bit of what you've got. Don't make me laugh. It sounds like Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This literally sounds like, it's creepy as hell. I just need a little bit of what you've got. He says, I don't care what happens to you. No, I don't give a shit. He says, I don't give a shit what happens to you. Just don't be that way. And then, from just a purely musical perspective, he did what I consider to be one of the cardinal sins. He spelled out a word that he kept saying. F-R-E-E. -E. <laughs> you just don't do that. You just don't spell out a word, man. Why? Why? Okay. All you Boom. musicians out there, <laughs> never spell out a word don't in the song. do it. He didn't, it didn't even sound ironic. He said F-R-E-E. -E. So it's terrible. And then I just got to finish the interpretation. The very end, he says, the pussy ass sounds of white people playing jazz. Yeah. And I gotta be honest, that didn't sound like, it sounded like he was just trying to like check his credibility, keep his cred in line. Like, I don't want people to like think I'm really trying to like make this song sound this way. I thought that was very disingenuous. I really did. He's not, he's a very disingenuous guy. Like, <laughs> you think? You kind of, yeah. you kind of get. I feel like if you listen to enough of Ben Folds' music, yeah. which is if you actually delve more into this Pitchfork review is what he gets into is like, you get kind of callous to this is how like unendingly sarcastic he is about yeah. everything. Yeah. It's like he is so insecure, Yeah, that even, yeah. which is what this song is about. Yeah. Like, I think he's trying to admit like, look, this is not healthy how I'm doing this, but this is how I live. Yeah. Like, that was a very astute observation. I said, like, he's almost doing that with the audience also because... It's he, what it felt like. He has... He falls back on, like, self-deprecating, cynical, sarcastic humor as much as he possibly can. Yeah, like, too much. Yeah. When I... I actually saw Ben Folds live. He played at my school my freshman wow. year of college. So, nice. like, I saw him for, like, five bucks. I didn't even know who he was at the time. <laughs> and they were selling shirts there, and I bought one. And it said, like, I heart Ben Folds before he sucked. Like, <laughs> that's... That is, wow, like, the most so quintessential he... Ben Folds thing ever. Like, yeah. he just criticizes himself. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that line, like, the pussy-ass sound of white people playing jazz. It's like, he's trying to, like, say, like, yeah, I know I probably shouldn't be doing this. It's stupid, right? And like, it's too much. I gotta be honest. He should, he's a very good musician. He, he has a fantastic ear for melody on the piano. Incredible. It's so rare. But, yeah, this was, like, I just thought. And, like, for as good as the piano is, I'm gonna have to agree with Pitchfork, the drum and bass in the song are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is like, like amazing syncopated instrumentally and and jazzy. such a good song yeah it's so driving yeah. yeah but no yeah like i appreciate how sarcastic and witty ben folds can be but it takes for someone who there's an like, art to it there's an art there to is it. an art to it's it and for someone it. who likes to sing so much about feelings and emotion it take it makes it hard to take them seriously yeah you know yeah like, yeah like i don't know 
He just sounds like a sociopath. He come, it comes across to me just like, like, I mean, who would want to think this way? Yeah, like, like just, the last uh, note I took on this song is he seems highly self-aware, almost to his detriment. Like, it's too much. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. so busy, like, trying to protect himself, as the song says. Yeah, yeah. It alienates you. I mean, the only charitable read I can give is he meant for us to feel this way. In which case, that's pretty, like, high art. <laughs> yeah. But I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I don't buy it. So, yeah, that was disappointment, Ben. Come on. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Close your eyes. Clear your mind. And just go. Yeah. You have to go back to 2003 and tell him this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Actually, one funny side note is my friend Andy Johnson also saw him when he performed at Emory University. And I'm pretty sure somewhere on YouTube, if you Google this performance of Emory Benfolds doing bitches ain't shit. I've seen that live. If you listen to this particular live recording, you'll hear someone in the audience squeal. Bitches ain't shit many times and by like the 10th time Ben actually stops playing and I, and I think he says something like what the fuck is going on and that's my friend Andy Johnson just bitches hate shit just like bloody murder just so wait, bloody murder you've seen this video yeah I've seen the video okay hopefully I, if it's there we'll post it I, uh, I will definitely try to look this up <laughs> Yeah, you no, will. He, I hope it's he's on a great live show. What's one of the most entertaining things about his live show is how much he beats the shit out of his piano. Like oh, when yeah. I saw him live, the last note he played on the piano was him picking up his bench and just chucking it at the keys. Wow. Yeah. Like he's like he's like a punk rock piano Damn. guy. He must have a lot of money. Pianos, much more expensive than well, guitar. Well, he is on NBC's <laughs> yeah, singer. That's why. Now we know why. He was trying to be punk with a piano. You're going to have to sell out. That's a recipe for a sellout. All right. <laughs> I guess we can move on to our next track. I got a few other notes about the Freudian. I think he's very phallic-oriented in the song. Ben Foltz. Yeah, but uh, save that for another you sure? <laughs> we can go back. I got okay. about 20 lines uh, okay. of a penis metaphor oh, in here. Oh, I do see that. <laughs> I can see it in your notes. This is a big penis. All right. Let's move on to F-C-P-R-E-M-I-X by The Fall of Troy mm-hmm. off their 2005 album Doppelganger. The Fall of Troy are an American post-hardcore math rock trio from... Math Rock from Mukilteo, Washington. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that wrong. Math Rock is a rhythmically complex, often guitar-based style of experimental rock and indie music that emerged in the 1980s Hmm. that was influenced by progressive rock bands such as King Crimson, Crimson, and the 20th century minimalist composers such as Steve Reich and John hmm. Cage. I don't think I quite would have guessed that from the song, but that's it. <laughs> it's characterized by complex, atypical song structures, uh, counterpoint, okay. Okay. 
uh, time signatures, angular melodies, yeah. and extended, often dissonant chords. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Steve Reich didn't come to mind while I listened to this, but now that you described that, okay, okay, fair. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> F-C-P-R-E-M-I-X, or F-C-P Remix, which is an easier way to say it, is actually a remake of a song off the Fall of Troy's first album, which is F-C-P-S-I-T-S-G-E-P-G-E-P-G-E-P. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so they have never come out and made like a factual statement about what that acronym <laughs> is for, yeah. though it is highly speculated that it stands for Fuck Condoms, Premarital sex is the shit. Get her pregnant, get her pregnant, get her pregnant. Wow. Though the band is not willing to confirm <laughs> nor deny it. So they won't deny it, oh, but they okay. won't admit to it. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Interesting fact. On this album, they have a song titled Tom Waits. As a return favor after seeing they had this song... Tom Waits then wrote a song called The Fall of Troy and wow. put it on one of his albums. Wow. So it, there is some sort of relationship between Tom Waits wow. and The Fall of Troy. It's on his Orphans, Brawlers, Ballers, and Bastards yeah, collection, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is one of my huh. favorite Tom Waits album things of all time. Yeah, yeah. So other than that, I wasn't able to find too much about whether they actually like know each other or not. Yeah. Though it is interesting, the Fall of Troy song, Tom Waits, is a song that's loosely about gun safety. And the Tom Waits song, called The Fall of Troy, is about a man named Troy who dies, who was apparently shot. And oh. his family was very sad about it. Yeah. Typical Tom Waits song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This uh this album also has a song titled Macaulay Culkin on it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did he return the favor with I, his uh, velvet I, I don't think band? so. So having these titles was a very popular thing for like these I, I don't want to classify them all but like this huge umbrella term of like emo bands in the early to mid 2000s to have like these extremely referential song titles like yeah. the band Circa Survived I know has an entire concept album about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind so like they like to like have song titles that reference musicians they liked and books they read so like this album as well as having a song called Tom Waits and Macaulay Culkin hmm. they also reference the Mark Z. Danielski book house of leaves oh. with a song called you got a death wish johnny taunt and holy tape they also have a song called laces out dan which is a quote from ace ventura pet yeah. detective <laughs> they also have a song called wacko jacko steals the elephant man's bones which is a reference to the music video of michael jackson's song Never uh, Leave Me Alone, in which Michael dances alongside a claymation portrayal of Joseph Merrick's The Elephant Man's Bones. Jesus, I so didn't even know that. They just, they reference, they like to reference. Pop culture aficionados. So there's a bit of contention about what people think this song is about. 
Some people believe that this song is about a young couple who get pregnant. The girl decides to get an abortion and the boy who is the narrator does not want her to, which kind of throws back to what people think the title stands for. Some people believe it is about a man who's in a relationship with one woman, but is also in love with someone else. And he's confessing his feelings about his feelings for someone else to his current Uh. lover. Yeah. Some people believe it is about a girl who loves a boy and the boy does not want to be in a relationship, but soon she wins him over and he falls for her. And then they're happy for a while. And then the girl loses interest in the boy and leaves him. And then he's left alone, madly in love with someone he can't have. (laughs) Some also think that it is about just, you know, a girl breaking a boy's heart. And in any case, the guy is not happy with his current state of being. You know why there's so many interpretations? Because I don't think <laughs> the lyrics suggest any conclusively. I think the lyrics are pretty... They're vague. Yeah, they're vague. They're vague. I read them. I thought it was just kind of like just your standard kind of romantic farewell. Maybe fate will align us. I still have feelings for when we'll be together. Yeah. Maybe the pregnancy thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, interesting. Wow, I never thought the I, lyrics. Would I be didn't so write it down, but like <laughs> on some like songmeaning.com about this song, Someone was dissecting some it. person yeah. there like, yeah. put this huge like five paragraph post like, okay, I know this is a bit of a stretch, but follow me on this. And like they like went down line by line, writing lines from the song and then describing how it could relate to this like pregnancy abortion narrative. Wow. I, that is a nuance. I can right? try to find it and post it if people are <laughs> curious about that. So I guess, uh, what did you think of this song? I thought, bottom line, I thought that the music, that the song achieved very impressive musical heights despite the vocals and the lyrics. Yes. I thought the vocals and the lyrics were way, way below the extraordinary work the guitar of the work guitar. is amazing yeah it, like fast rippling angular riffs muscular music i was very impressed and at that 240 mark it breaks and it sounds like primus almost with bass it's like that that jam yeah is worth listening to this song yeah exactly when that was just it's fantastic. so good the yeah. Yeah, that instrumental jam and like the guitar work, it's so manic and crazy, yet highly technically proficient at the same time. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going off the rails at all. No, they know exactly where they're going. The original version of this song is a lot slower, so like, especially like if you listen to the first version of the song and then go to this one, it's just like, holy damn, they took this up, they cranked it up to 11, dare I say. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I don't know, maybe. Wait, so this math, what's the genre again? Uh, like math rock. Are they or all, math core? Okay, so math rock or math core. Just out of curiosity, do most of them sing songs vocally and lyrically, like kind of the more like emo? Not tradition? at all. Not at all. You can find yeah, yeah. You can find math rock in many different genres of the world. Like okay, yeah. I would say more often than not even more like i'd say more it's usually more indie than this okay because yeah, like that's what i would have guessed they're yeah. writing this fine line because 
if you even go like a little bit harder than they do, all of a sudden you're like in like prog rock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Territory. Absolutely. In fact, if I could listen to this song without the vocals, I, it would maybe sound like Dream prog Theater. Or yeah, something it would like sound. I, I would. I almost want to hear a version of this song without the vocals, <laughs> just to hear it. But okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that they. What do you think of the vocals and lyrics? I feel like I am more... What's the word I'm looking for? I grew up listening to music yeah, like this, that, so exactly. I, it doesn't I like thought. stand out to me. Yeah. I actually... Yeah. I like how conservative and in the background the screaming is because I feel like yeah. bands tend to go a little overboard with it. Yeah, it, true. It yeah. felt there was like a nice restraint with the screaming. The singing, it's a little kind of nasally and wimpy. It's a little Especially whiny. juxtaposed with instrumentation. Yeah. Like it feels like the content lyrically should have, like if you're going to write such technically proficient music, the lyrics maybe just make them a little more like abstract and surreal that's what like, I was thinking just the, the blatant yeah. like broken heart trope was it didn't mesh well it felt out of place in this instance yeah, yeah. It felt, I was like romantic kind of farewell cause like there are other songs are just a lot more abstract like just weird yeah like this I mean, that's probably why this is one of their more popular songs, just because it really fell in line with the emo crowd, with yeah. the emotions and whatnot. And if it got new people to listen to this kind of music, yeah, more power to them. But no, exactly like, because like the screaming, I kind of liked too, the way that was in there. It didn't bug me. But the lyrics that he was screaming, come running home, <laughs> it's just came across as yeah. silly because someone I, could theoretically be yelling that in this situation come on i i almost <laughs> wish like i didn't look because like yeah, i same, didn't know what he was same. screaming till i looked it yeah, up Yeah, exactly when i looked it up i was like oh god come on <laughs> come on come home come on but that 240 mark where it breaks oh man that that says that was fantastic it's, it's stuff. really good that sold me really good song. yeah yeah, any other thoughts? No, no, no. But yeah, definitely. That's what you want to name a song if you don't want anyone to randomly find it. Yes. <laughs> F-C-P-R-A-I-M-X. Jesus Christ. Okay. With that, we can move on to our next track, Land Disasters by mm. Blink Mass. Is it Blanc Mass or Blank Mass? It's just made up word. I guess I've always assumed it was Blank. Just spelt funny. Yeah. It's B-L-A-N-C-K Mass Blanc Mass Blank Mass Yeah I have no idea yeah, This is off the 2011 2011 self-titled album Blank Mass Blanc Mass Blank Mass It's a British Electronic solo project Of Benjamin Power Who is One half Of the founding members Of the noise Drone band Fuck Buttons Which is one of my <laughs> Favorite bands Of all time Blink Mass dabbles in ambient drone, post-rock, and kind of electronic experimental music. Uh, Maddie and I saw Fuck Buttons live at Carleton College at Northfield, Minnesota, in in Northfield, Minnesota. And this guy, Benjamin Powers, he, so he's a member of Fuck Buttons, and we were just 
he was working the merch table when we got to the show <laughs> and we just started talking to him and he gave us some buttons for free so he gave us some fuck buttons wow you got some real we got fuck some buttons. fuck buttons awesome. from fuck buttons wow he's a cool awesome. guy wow. really cool yeah that's awesome working the table himself. so powers has described this album and get ready it's a little deep <laughs> a collection of tracks loosely themed around cerebral hypoxia in the beautiful complexity of the natural world. It's an interstellar journey that defies classification, revealing itself further and further with each listen, often more with each visit. Out of step with the nostalgic focus of current climbs, there's a sense of unresolved running through this record, like perpetually coming up, endlessly walking Escher's ascending and descending. Swimming for a surface that you know you will never reach. And if anyone's curious, cerebral hypoxia is a reduced supply of oxygen specifically to the brain. Uh-huh. So if you were in elementary school and you and your friends <laughs> ever like asphyxiated yourselves so you'd see weird colors, I, I, I think that's kind of what this is in reference to. And listen to this song, man. He also mentioned that this album was highly inspired by 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hmm. So this song, Land Disasters, was actually the very first song that he ever dropped under this moniker. This was the first song anyone ever got a taste of. Many music critics, many music critics feel as if this song is very similar to his work with Fuck Buttons. Huh. who are known for their kind of wall of sound and triumphant builds. Though, this song lacked percussion, which Fuck Buttons usually heavily relies upon. Hmm. Hmm. So, as FM Stinger from Beats Per Minute said, of course, the record is not without its triumphs, and these are a Fuck Buttons-related triumphs. They are generally fucking huge. <laughs> Land Disasters is a squall of ferocity and glory, churning and gathering in power until the bass drops at 3 minutes and 47 seconds, and the resulting wall of, the resulting wall of sound feels satisfyingly earned and complete. Hmm. Larry Fitzmaurice of Pitchfork defends Powers, saying, but Powers is not merely repeating old tricks. Whereas Fuck Button's best material builds to a potent anthem of sky-high drone, Land Disasters is more about patience and subtlety. As it slowly opens up into screeching symphonic bliss, its rich tones deepening with each sneaky melodic shift. If only actual suffocation were this satisfying. <laughs> Jesus. Referencing God. the cerebral Yeah, hypoxia. yeah, yeah. So what did you think of Land Disasters? I thought it was very good. I thought, honestly, it sounded like uh, sacred music. You know, I, I mean, like way back with like Bach. There's profane music and there's sacred music. And it literally sounded like someone with like a pipe organ in like a 16th century cathedral could have been playing this. I yeah. can hear that. It's yeah. funny you should say that because after this album, he switched to a record label called Sacred Bones. Really? Yeah. yeah. Proof I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I mean, empirical. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. I thought it had, you know, cool, like, kind of fuzz sonic sounds. But 
kind of the essence of it I thought was kind of I don't want to say simple I don't mean that in a negative way but it almost seemed just like sacred music yeah. like Arvo Part who's a really like kind of famous composer says he does sacred music not necessarily because he like you know believes in God but the tradition of just kind of like music that sounds revelatory the ritual of it yeah 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 exactly so I mean you know music that ennobles the soul that sort of thing I found it interesting because the way it starts it feels like you're walking onto a scene that's already happening like there's no intro to the song you just get dropped into it yeah yeah and it feels like especially growing up as like an oversaturated millennial <laughs> my inclination would be to grow bored of this track right because yeah, seven and a half it's minutes. so abs well and it's so abstract and there's no beat to it yeah so like it's it's kind of like being like just thrown in water and you're like grasping for something hard to grab onto yeah. and there's nothing there. Yeah. But as I kept like forcing myself to listen to it over and over again, the track really started to grow on me. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. Like I went from being kind of the first, cause I was like super excited when this album came out cause I loved fuck buttons so much and I was really disappointed with this. I was like, Oh, it's just like, huh? It's, it's like soundscapes. Is yeah. All I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. But then listening to this closer, it's like listening to the sound of something huge. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a Rothko painting where like you can't take enough steps back to really take it in. So you just have to accept the little piece of it that you're given. Yeah. All you can really do yeah. is be in awe of it. Yeah. It's immersive. And I, yeah, I highly yeah. recommend listening to this song with headphones. Yeah. Like you need to feel like you're surrounded by the sound. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine what it would be like if you were like in a sensory deprivation tank, but this <laughs> song was playing yeah. at the same time. Like you yeah, would probably yeah. like be the closest thing to LSD you could do without yeah, the actually world taking would. LSD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels yeah. like it feels like it's more of an experience than a song. Yeah, it's expansive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's big, big Big and song, I, and, and by the end, you notice like because right at the end it like tapers off, and then you can hear there's that the whole time there was like a little like almost eight bit like um, riff going yeah. on, which I thought you know that you know stuff like I that did like that a lot. Re-listening, yeah, you know, listen to it again. Well, well, yeah, maybe there was more there. I do agree with like yeah. with his description of the album. Every time I listened to it, I did hear something I didn't hear the, the previous yeah. time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I dug it a lot. I mean, I, I guess I don't have that much more to say about it other than it's just like you just need to take it in and let it engulf you. Yeah, it is a song that words don't quite do it justice, which I, you know, again, I mean, it almost seems like ancient to say, but that sacred music, that music. Yeah, like he's channeling something that you can't even describe. Like it's just like yeah. universal truth, a spiritual power yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, that the music is just supposed to like go through you yeah so that's cool which you know like 2001 space odyssey it's like yeah it's right it's there. like the awe that's like the terror of the old testament right there oh my god so i could see it i could see it yeah yeah but it was a great song but yeah i don't have a ton a ton to say about it um just listen to it yeah but listen to it just listen listen to it yeah okay with that we can move on to our final song defend you by Silverstein 
off the 2005 album Discovering the Waterfront. Silverstein are a Canadian post-hardcore slash emo band from Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Their band name is a reference to the famous children's author Shel Silverstein, uh, okay. whom the band has admired and read the stories a lot as a, when they were kids. Hmm. When interesting little tidbit, when I was in high school, there was this clique of Mormon kids that <laughs> I was in the theater program with, and they were all <laughs> insanely into emo music. Really? Yes. Huh. The, th- the thing is, is like with bands like Silverstein, it was clean music. Yeah. Like other yeah, than no talking doubt. about like emotional pain, it wasn't drugs. It wasn't. They were. They didn't swear. They were yeah. just talking about. Don't advocate violence. Well, other than <laughs> cutting their own veins and shit like that. <laughs> the metaphor. So, Silverstein was like their favorite band this was like the poster boy poster girl poster person band for this mormon kid emo oh, scene man. wow but that's kind of how i got into them actually <laughs> my friend kayla tokar i don't know if she listens to this but shout out to her she was also she kind of hung out with them and she got me into silverstein also nice. so other than census fail which a song of theirs popped up in the podcast you weren't on it it was ah. actually going back yet again to oh, Maddie's this is brother a Max. This is a well, no, no. So census, a census fail song showed up, and I described them as like the poster person for the mid to early two thousands post emo second wave emo scene. Yeah. If there yeah. was any other band that could contend with them about taking that spot as poster person, it would be Silverstein. Like they are the most quintessential post-emo, screamo, second-wave emo band I've ever listened to. They embody everything that one of those bands should have. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. So, what did you think of Defend You? Uh, You definitely could convince me that this was quintessential emo. No doubt. In fact, (laughs) I more or less wrote this. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's either you're in with like the music there's the music and there's the lyrics and there's the vocals right the music is so dominated by the vocals and the lyrics that I almost have no notes about the music itself so I'll admit right away those are probably pretty good they're probably you know standard stock good stuff the lyrics and the vocals they're so dominating you're either with them or you're not and I was just not, couldn't quite identify. Polarizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I could not quite, more than any other emo song, this one sounded like a temper tantrum. I felt bad for like the parents, you know, that this, the kids that listen to this. It's like, I'm sure the par- you know, if you're listening to this song and you're getting mad about your parents, they probably weren't that bad. This is exaggerated. <laughs> this is excessive. All right. <laughs> I literally. <was> sure. Like, <laughs> so. You know, it was just, yeah, especially that at one minute and 50 seconds, there's like a break. And it just sounded like a, I just wrote huge temper tantrum. How can you be this way? <laughs> I'll never forget. Yeah. Like, no, on, no, so, you gotta let it go. Let as, it go. <laughs> as someone, someone on the outside of this genre, 
I can totally see how this is like an extremely cringe inducing <laughs> song. Like you're almost embarrassed that a bunch of like 20 year olds probably sat around and wrote this. Someone who came from the inside of this scene. This was really good emo music at yeah. the time. Okay, right on. Right so on. I, yeah. I feel like me being where I am now, I can appreciate both sides. Yeah. There is yeah. a huge nostalgia factor that makes me think, like, when this came on, I actually went and, like, re-listened to this whole album because, like, oh, I haven't listened to this since I was in high school. Yeah. I'm, I freaking love this right, album. Right. At the same time, it's like, holy shit, I actually <laughs> listened to this. This is horrible. I, I feel like Two-Face. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, right. I, I'm fully seeing two sides of a very different coin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, but I mean, I could see if I were, I could see where, you know, it's almost like that the first song where it's like a one note. You know, it's kind of if you're in that emotional place, or roughly in that emotional place, and you hear this song, it could resonate with you tremendously, especially you know you're young, right? That's a, yeah. you know, The hormones are going through you, you're right? How could, how could you do this to me, Dad? Man, how could you do this? <laughs> how could you do this to me, Dad? Right? That's how I... But... So I could see how it would become nostalgic, too. But, yeah. But, oh, man. No. You go. gotta let it go, Silverstein. <laughs> you gotta let it go. Don't hold in. Don't hold it in. Don't don't have resentment. Come yeah. on. <laughs> so, I, I did find a very humorous <laughs> critique of this album. <laughs> Brian E. Jemima of the UK-based webzine Drowned in Sound had this to say about the album. <laughs> there are some unremarkable bog-standard drumming, always, necess- always the necessary spine of a shit band, <laughs> and some over-nurtured songs that have some... that have so many catchy choruses peppered with screamo moments for the kids to sing along to that it can be nothing but dull add some disgustingly tacked on strings halfway through and you have more than enough reasons to press eject <laughs> oh God. wow that's wow yeah this album actually it marked a shift in the sound for this band after their first album when Broken is Easily Fixed, which was more of like a traditional emo album. This, which if you got past the vocals, you might've heard the the instrumentation was faster paced, more energetic, kind of had like a punk rock vibe to it. Just kind of really like fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, This song, it's, it's pretty much about someone who's Basically, the narrator is close to someone, whether it be a lover or a friend or a parent, and they see this person that was once close to them as ruining their image through bad decisions and mistakes they made, yeah. and the narrator is not happy about it. Yeah. That's that's pretty much what the song is about. Anyone who listens to it would probably gather <laughs> yeah. that. The lyrics, sometimes, they're a little too literal, i got to be honest. No. I dig this song, but I also realize how ridiculous and stupid it is at the same time. So, like, I, that I makes really you a true fan. I just, I, I feel I, you can see it for what it is, and you like it. That makes you a true fan. Yeah, I you can appreciate. I, it. I don't know if I want to call myself a true fan of Silverstein. <laughs> like, at one time, 
I was. Yeah. And nostalgia is a very powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any <laughs> any other <laughs> thoughts on defend you? No, just you know. Again, you know, to Silverstein's parents, I hope they, you know. You should hug your children. Yeah, <laughs> hug your children more, man. So some very sensitive boys. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, if you had to pick, what was your favorite song of the five? I'm tempted to go with Ben Folds just because I can identify with his, you know, struggles that he's going with. Uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> I think I think I'll go with uh, Blank Mass. I, it's, I'm it's going through. Song. I'm going to go with Land Disasters as well yeah. by Blank Mass. That. Yeah. Which it started out as probably my least favorite song of the five, and then it just grew on me so much that yeah, I just it's I I want to go back and revisit that album now. How much I like that yeah. song. Yeah, no, it's it's a yeah, huge song. Wall of Sound. I Wall of Sound. Yeah, and actually, if you like that concept of Wall of Sound, yeah, I highly recommend checking out Fuck Buttons. Yeah, I should. I've heard about them a lot. Like yeah, I've never for as good as Blink Mass was. Fuck buns is where it's at. Yeah, yeah, right on. Highly recommend it. So, I have a couple uh, closing information bits, which is kind of new for this show. Ooh. I kind of threw some ideas towards Dominic about some possible new segments we might do coming up, and I just wanted to kind of announce it, see if anyone has any thoughts. So after the David Bowie episode, which Dominic and I both enjoyed doing, I think the audience, you guys also liked it, we thought maybe about every once in a while having curated playlists dedicated to kind of niche and fringe genres since I have some weird-ass music in my library. Yeah. So maybe once a month, maybe once every two months, we would have an episode dedicated to Witch House or Vaporwave or Grindcore, some weird genre where I would put together a playlist rather than having a randomly generated one. And there would also kind of be like a little history lesson about yeah. what the genre is all about. And I could tell you, if you dug this, here's some artists you can check out. So I think we're going to start doing that. If you guys hate the idea, let me know if you like it. Let me know if there's a genre you want to hear about. I can do research on. Let me know. To all my wing nuts out there, I'm, I'm pulling for a wings, a wings section. Episode. But uh, we'll see. All right? Stay tuned. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's the carrot at the end of the stick. Yes. Right? We're going to keep yes. taking you along for a wings episode. And the other idea that we came up with is a user-generated shuffle playlist in that it would be random to a point so basically what i would ask of you guys the listeners is send me a track that you want to hear us talk about so as everybody's sending them in i would start to generate a a play like a big list of everything and i would put it in the order that i received them and then i would just take five and five and five and so then it would kind of be like, it would still be a shuffled playlist, but it would also be a song that you guys would want to hear. So I kind of like this idea. If you guys have any songs you want us to talk about, just send them to me. You can send them to our Facebook page, facebook.com shuffle. And of course, shuffle is always spelt 
five, the number five, H-U-F-F-L-E. You can send it to me on Twitter, which is at Shuffle Podcast. You can post it on a Tumblr, shufflepodcast.tumblr.com. You could email it to me, shufflecastpod at gmail.com. Or because I know most of you listeners know me in real life, just text me or post it on my <laughs> Facebook or something. So just give it to me. The Once I have five songs at least, we can start to do it. So yeah, I'm thinking if we could get a big enough thing going, we could do two normal episodes of Shuffle every month, one episode of the you the listener generate playlist and one of these niche ones nice. at least see yeah. how that goes for a yeah. while right on all right i'm just the special guest so yeah. uh yeah i go wherever yeah, he, doesn't go, man. he doesn't matter he doesn't matter no i talked to him about this before just so you all know don't let him don't let him lie to you i'm just the wing nut. okay <laughs> if you still had a beer in front of you I would tell you to take a sip because you need to prepare yourself for what's coming next. So (laughs) before I went out and about on our holiday trips over December, I set up a bunch of potential playlists because I wasn't sure how many people I was going to find to record with while I was out and about. I only actually ended up doing two, but I already had some playlists set up and I talked to Dominic and asked him, do you want me to do it in front of you, pick new playlists, or do you just want me to use the ones I already have? And we decided we were going to use the ones I already have. Yeah. So here's next week's five songs. (laughs) First song, The Dead One by Insane Clown Posse. Oh, yes. It happened, baby. It finally happened. I'm going to wear face paint next that week. That bullet <laughs> just got pulled out of our Insane Clown Posse Russian roulette gun Damn. and is lodged into our brains. Damn. We will be reviewing our first ever awesome. Insane Clown Posse song next week. This might actually be the first ICP song I knowingly listen to. So, <laughs> everyone. Bring ep- your Fago soda, ep- y'all. Yeah. And don't worry. I will have a lengthy... <laughs> background description about everything ICP. We gotta call this episode just ICP and try to get some ICP f- nuts out there. To listen to, to listen. So okay, reach out to that community. There we go. <laughs> it happened. Oh, okay. No. Second track. Lotion by Deftones. Third. Fame Thrower by Pavement. Fourth. I Will Bury You in Time by Jeff Magnum of Nutramilk Hotel. And fifth and final track, Beyond the Dying Light by God is an Astronaut. So prepare yourselves for Insane Clown Posse, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Peace.